Jay, good morning. Good morning, Manish. How are you? Good. How are you? All is well. All is well. Congratulations again. Every podcast is going to begin with your congratulations to Manish. Means it, it, it was it was a surprise, uh, guys. Jay is referring to uh, some promotion I got at my at my workplace, uh, and it was a surprise. And I'm happy and. And I celebrated, and I had a hangover, so I'm still recovering from hang from from that whole celebration that happened on Thursday night. But uh, but that was good. So Jay, this is episode no. number seven. Yep. And I am so excited. We've become a part of the five percent club in the world that reaches episodes more than five or six. So that's cool. absolutely and uh, just so everybody is is aware this is the first time so we've got a lot of feedback on our um, on our audio setup so this is the first time we will be uh recording through a duksh duksh is one of my friends so shout out to duksh who pointed out some ways we could improve um and uh, and yeah hopefully this one turns out Uh, turns out well yeah and jay is uh, talking on his podcast mic i am using my podcast mic for the first time so we were recording on computer speaker system before but we've gone high tech now exactly we've gone one step ahead we made it amazing amazing so guys today we are going to talk about uh, a topic which comes in conversations uh, many many times and that is basically about complicated investment instruments uh, which sound very fancy and sound exciting and very lucrative but people do not categorize it as complex and something to be careful about it just it just categorizes something sexy and exotic so today we are going basically going to be covering uh, you know complicated things in investment securities Uh, which should include FNO, Bitcoin, conglomerates, and other things that we, you know, riff about. So, so Jay, you want you wanna you wanna start? You wanna yeah. give your perspective on on complicated stuff that we come across every day? Yeah, I mean, so there's 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 two ways we wanted to approach this one, right? there's one way that uh we wanted to perhaps talk a little on on conglomerates so you have the likes of uh reliance and uh, uh apple amazon um all of these companies you know i'll give you an example right with amazon for instance a lot of people just think it's um it's it's the amazon you you use on a daily basis um but amazon is not a 2 plus trillion dollar company just because of the amazon platform um it uses currently or like the or like we come across but actually the the, the biggest uh, the biggest uh, part of amazon's business is really amazon web services the amazon cloud and uh, that's one of the things that when you invest in amazon and you think perhaps amazon's going up because of more people using amazon to get their stuff delivered um you're you're likely not fully understanding the picture 
Um, so, so that's in terms of conglomerates, right? Just get, get a, there's nothing wrong with investing in Amazon, uh, or there's nothing wrong with investing in Reliance. Reliance is an Indian based conglomerate that kind of does everything in the Indian world or well in any country's world, uh, ranging from, you know, uh, began with oil and, and, and went into now you have Geo, which is the uh, a telecom service provider. Um, you have you have multiple things really when you're investing in Reliance and and Reliance is really arguably if you if you have to pick a single stock that is a proxy to the Indian economy, uh, you're probably looking at Reliance. Um, it's it's yeah it it really is a proxy to the Indian economy. But what I'm what, what I'm getting at really is there's nothing wrong in investing in Amazon. And there's nothing wrong in investing in Reliance. And I'm not, we're not here to tell you, you need to know everything about the company. But before you choose to invest in something, make sure you at least are familiar with the whole picture um, behind what you're investing in. So fully understand the investment, at least the best of your abilities, um, before you're there. The second part of which we'll get to a little later. in the podcast is is to do with actual instruments itself um so so complicated instruments uh i've you know i've spoken to many bankers who have tried to sell me structured products uh and in very simple terms what structured products is is it's a combination of options and derivatives to to kind of create a simplified product to sell to the customer but often with that um with that addition, with that value add of making a complicated product simple, comes uh, a lot of risks that that the the end consumer does not fully understand, and a lot of fees because um, these bankers have basically pooled a bunch of I, I wouldn't say complicated, but pooled a bunch of derivatives into a product and then sell you one derivative. So just by doing that, that bundled fee kind of comes to more than how much it would actually cost should you decide to learn how to what is actually being done and did that product yourself. So complicated investments could include equities as as Jay spoke about, uh, could include FNOs, Complicated investments also uh, cover the entire crypto land. All right, I wrote a blog there. Uh, it's a four thousand word blog. It's like twenty five minutes read, uh, which took me more than thirty hours to write across a week, uh, which I'll be publishing today. And there is just so much going on in 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 the crypto land. But uh, for you to be able to make an investment on it. You could either just be hooked on to the price and be excited about the fact that I'm buying Bitcoin at 35,000 and it'll go to a million dollars, which is what people on FinTwit or people on YouTube keep to, or influencers now on Instagram also keep talking about. And you'll see people with laser eyes and all. But if you don't understand how it can be applied, uh, then you're just speculating. Then then it's, it's, a, it's a complicated investment to understand. And if you do not understand the the application of it, decentralized apps, as it's called, all right, 
uh, of these cryptocurrencies, Ethereum and Solana, Chainlink, and so many of them. I, I'll tell you, even exposing more than one percent of it, you want to play, speculate, limit your portfolio to one to two percent on it. All right, like I'm not an engineer, Jay. My portfolio is allocated two percent to crypto between Chainlink and Ethereum, but I will very humbly admit I don't understand it. And when you don't understand it, then it's not an investment; then it's speculation. So I'm speculating with two percent of my net worth. All right, but I'm okay. But it's a complicated Absolutely. investment if you actually are gonna expose a decent chunk of your money on it purely because you know. It's so surprising. I went on Chainlink website. Chainlink is a cryptocurrency, all right, uh, which is into decentralized apps, and there's a lot of it's, it's built on Ethereum, and uh, there's a lot of stuff being done. Jay, you won't understand the language on the website. Like you and I speak English, you and I are well read, you and I are well versed with the language. All right, you're well read, not me. No, no, even you are. But <laughs> so shocked, all right. When you go onto these websites, you can't understand what they're talking. That whole language is a different English altogether, and that's why I, I just wanted to take. Uh, you know, from where Jay left, and also share that even cryptocurrency is a very complicated subject, and the people who are working on it are PhDs and computer science engineers and all. But most people buying it are not PhDs or computer science engineers. So most people are speculating, which is okay. I'm speculating. I, I don't mind speculating if it's limited to a small portion. Once you once you start in 10, 20 percent exposure of your portfolio in it, then it's a complicated See. investment. You really need to understand what's happening. Exactly, and this kind of comes back to a little of what we spoke on before too right where personally the 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 what i kind of tell people if they want to get started with investing is begin with you know you can pick any kind of heuristic you want to but let's say a 60 40 portfolio uh, with six a lazy boy 60% equities 40% bonds as and when you learn more and more you can maybe take out pieces from that 60, make it a 3 or a 5%, just like how Manish was saying, a 2% Bitcoin exposure or a 2% crypto exposure. But don't, don't start off investing without fully understanding what you're investing in. And also don't get to the point where you think you have fully understood it and therefore all your money should be in it. Because no one can, you can maybe fully understand the company, as an analyst, I think I can, I fully understand a lot of companies, but you aren't, there's multiple things that can still go wrong. You're not on the ground. Um, you're not actually seeing what is going on with this company. Um, who knows? An earthquake could destroy this company. So you want to have diversification. You want to uh, limit your risk exposures. There's multiple reasons why it, you shouldn't fully be putting all your money into into one pie, if you may. And you, when when you are evaluating, when any investor is evaluating an investment, uh, the complicated when we say complicated investments, it purely means that you may be struggling with something which is out of your out of your core competency or out of out of your mental models or frameworks that you have built and you're, you're struggling to understand it and if you're struggling to understand it which means you will even struggle to understand what could happen in the worst case scenario what could happen if there was another shock like covid what could happen if there was another crisis all right or liquidity crisis that happened earlier in, in all exactly 
you know liquidity gets completely sucked out of the system so when we say complicated it means that you are, are not able to break down the system to its simplest part or the basic parts and see how it could get impacted like i'll give you a simple example uh, how how things are made easy but they are not all right jay this is related to real estate now when you look at danube and all uh, or any real estate company advertising today they say pay 1500 dirhams for next 10 years or pay 3000 dirhams only for the next 10 years and people get sucked into the thing that oh wow it's only 3000 dirhams now when you buy a property only looking at the money that is going out of your pocket it is not an investment it is purely convenience you want to own a property yeah. 3000 dirham doesn't hit me i don't mind paying for 10 years it is it is purely for convenience of buying a house because you would like to own a house it's not an investment an investment would be where you ask yourself that if i pay 3000 dirhams per month for next 10 years that's that's 1200 months if this money would be invested in equities what kind of a growth i would get all right exactly. minus minus the rent that i would pay for 10 years and compare it with this property that you're buying all right and you're putting you know for 10 years and what is the kind of return you would expect there purely because you also got to factor in what is the expected appreciation that you'll have on the property when you can think like that then exactly advertisement won't suck you in then your exactly. investment it's a real estate is a complicated investment you know uh, asset class it's not a simple asset class but it's made so simple because marketing guys know how to influence you and how to get your brain to get excited exactly uh, just to add point you know not to bring up some cfa jargon but it does there's, there's there's a limit to that uh, to that spectrum right we're not here to say go find if you want to invest in real estate go find all of the real estate options you possibly can and then that the term satisfies like you know be uh, invest at least to the best of your abilities with what you have around you so it's not to say that that a danube investment is a bad investment it's to say that real estate may not be the best investment for you should you be considering all the other investments around you and if it has to be real estate granted you can't be going and buying a house that you can but nobody's telling you to go buy a house in america because it gives you better returns but at least within what you can find do a, a proper in depth uh, analysis on what you can what what does that 3000 mean like fully read the term, terms and conditions See, there's no free lunch, um, ever in the finance world, and I feel like, like from personal experience, as I have, I'm not saying I'm fully educated by no means, but as I have educated myself more and more, I've actually become uh, more of a pessimist. A more of I used to be one of those people that has like like more of a skeptic, which is what more of a skeptic. Yeah. A, a skeptic. That's a better word. A skeptic, a realist. You know, like with every investment I go into, and somebody tells me this is a. Nobody uses the word guarantee. So whenever you use a word guarantee, that's the that's where my skepticism peaks, um, and I'm just like no, and I'm and I'm kind of there to just prove that investment, like prove that ad wrong. So I I do everything in my ab- ability. 
to find loopholes to not loopholes but to fully just be like and if you're not able to break the thesis then you buy yeah absolutely just keep keep going in depth understand everything this this really no free lunch in the finance world if everybody is doing it if everybody can do it then why is everybody not doing it that should be the question in your head every time you make an investment like what do you know that nobody else knows and if you truly believe that what you know and and not a lot of people don't know it then by, by all means go ahead and in 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 the whole investment uh, landscape the it's a shape shift it's it's a shift it's a shape shifting world all right my, my english is gone for a toss it's a shape shifting world and you keep seeing new and new uh in innovative products coming out like spacs being one of them all right uh, but i have a friend uh, jay in my bank and he was like you got to buy virgin galactica this this space pack is uh, some some space pack or something all right uh, it's crazy and it's good it's 50% down and yeah. and you know buy these fancy products if you can't even explain what is pack why is pack like what is pack let you, you try explaining pack to someone and if you can't explain pack to someone then you're merely exposing your money to speculation again nothing wrong with speculation but it's not investing investing requires you to understand the basic elements of it understand you know what could be the terminal value as we call it or what could be the value fires down the line or 10 years down the line why would it be that and what could be the dangers for it why could it suffer uh, in investing requires a lot of a lot of uh, thinking uh, and and complicated things require way more thinking or thoughtful uh you know process over it instead of just clicking a button and saying bye so so you know we were just jotting out some stuff and we've written down cryptos new technology companies packs highly leveraged companies uh fno which is futures and options these are not simple instruments but we see all our friends dabbling in it uh and uh, and you know that is why we decided to do uh, do this session and share with you what we feel of of complicated investments so taking from here jay uh, yeah let's let's share one of the complicated investment instruments and give you a a, a perspective on it all right like, like if you were just look at derivatives all right how yeah. did it begin what is the current reality and what is the what is actually the use case and what is actually happening today so jay you want to you want to take it from here yeah so i mean if you look at derivatives um i i i love derivatives and you know derivatives is vishal uh, who's again one of our, one of the professors that we had at um, while we were studying the cfa he looked at me one day and and he was explaining behavioral finance to the class and he was like jay like he jay is the kind of person who just believes that derivatives or options um don't have an accurate risk to reward ratio like he believes the reward of derivatives is more than the actual risk and he was bang on like nobody has ever judged my character the way 
Vishal pointed out because I personally, in my personal portfolio, uh, I have a lot of options. Um, it's it's one of the instruments that it's not. Yes, it 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 is a lot of behavior also that I think it's just there's a lot of option mispricing if you may, but I I, I love options. Uh, I'm also you know I, I I think I'm young and I and I'm learning and as I keep learning about options I, I I trade different kinds of options, but let's let's forget about me and let's take a step back and understand you know what was the purpose of options and futures and forwards and all kinds of derivatives um in 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 a, in a simple if i have to simplify this as uh, to the best of my ability options and derivatives was protecting your future so so protecting your future in a way let's say for instance a farmer um has to sell 1000 tangerines okay and the thousand tangerines, what the the farmer's biggest worry, other than the fact that rain could come, is being able to sell those thousand tangerines in three months. Um, and that that was how uh, derivatives, I think, first created on the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, but I could be wrong, where a farmer could just go to uh, could find a an opposing party that guarantees to buy these thousand tangerines at this price. Um, and that's how it was kind of created, right? So it's a contract that locks in a price um, that this farmer could sell those tangerines at in um, three, six, nine, twelve months, uh, whatever. And Today, um, yeah. In fact, that, I just I, I just want to share something just in extension to what you're saying, uh, which will come as a surprise to you also. You ever had McDonald's uh, chicken burgers, eh? Mac nuggets or something? Sorry, Manish, I couldn't hear you. McDonald's have, what? Have, have you ever eaten the chicken Mac nuggets, the largest selling product of McDonald's worldwide? So, I don't know uh, if Jay is here, but if any of you listening uh, have eaten chicken McNuggets, okay, that's one of the blockbuster yeah. products of McDonald's. Jay, McDonald's wasn't launching chicken McNuggets because they were worried about the chicken prices fluctuating. And because they were worried about chicken prices fluctuating, they did not want to launch a product where they couldn't source chicken at a particular price which makes the product feasible and profitable. And Ray Dalio, Ray Dalio, who is the founder of Bridgewater Associates, one of the biggest hedge funds in the world, all right, created a contract between the suppliers of chicken, all right, or that raw material and McDonald's, wherein McDonald's, wherein Ray Dalio or the company Bridgewater helped in creating chicken contracts for McDonald's, wherein chicken will be supplied at a particular price and and because McDonald's got comfortable with that particular contract, wherein they could source chicken at a certain price, McNuggets was actually possible because of that contract happening. So futures makes business possible. Futures takes Absolutely. over, takes the risk away, and allows entrepreneurs to 
plan their business and execute their business. That's the main intention of derivatives, which is options and futures. But what's happening today is something completely different. If I must perceive, that's a phenomenal uh, example, Manish, if I may say so myself. But there's also, just to that point, um, airline companies, for instance, right? They end up, the biggest, one of the biggest worries is is oil prices, um, because the the fuel for the airlines is, is is massive, right? And so airline companies use futures and forwards and options to make sure that they are able to lock in oil prices at um, a certain price, so that they can then be able to price their tickets better. So there's multiple uses for this. I mean, if we want to get into more complicated in, uh, instruments, I mean, more com- complicated uses, um, banks use interest rate forwards to kind of hedge and worry about the interest rate risk. So this can go... And and by the way, guys, Manisha has spoken about chicken uh, futures. You can actually go and buy chicken futures um, if you wanted to. So chicken is actually a future. It's act, you can go buy a contract of thousand chickens. I think it's actually not thousand chickens. It's 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 a much larger number of chickens. As sad as it is for anybody who is um, a vegan here, you can actually go buy lean hog futures, which is pork futures, which actually last year saw its biggest spike. Um, in prices in the history because you had Chinese New Year coming in. And Chinese consume a lot of pork and Chinese New Year magnifies the demand for that. It's a phenomenal, like it's just, so, so to Jay, understand it. If you look at it, it's a simple instrument. It's a very purposeful It's a very simple instrument. Created for, for businesses and global trade and, and protection from market volatility. What is actually happening Ex- is, is that many people are buying into these not because of protection or facilitating of trade. People are buying into this purely because you could pay a little amount, which is your margin or premium, and you could have outside yeah. returns. Absolutely. I mean, just, and, and whenever I whenever I bring up the topic of futures and forwards, I mean, even my girlfriend, Rima, like she, it's it's very, you know, it's very like, cheese. if I tell people there's just cheese futures, they're like, that's it. I just want to buy cheese futures. I who doesn't want to ever buy cheese in the future, you know? But but I mean, I think it's 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 twofold, right? The problem. I wouldn't say problem, but I think of where it's come today. Um, puts, for instance, put contracts. One part is what Manish says. Um, a little margin goes a long way. Um, you only have to put let's say, for instance, 1% of the total amount. So if you're buying 1,000 chickens, for instance, you only have to put enough money to buy 10 chickens. Um, but people don't really understand the leverage. They don't understand what that means, um, what what putting that much money means. It's not like if, you may, if, if the value of those 1,000 chickens go down by half, you've not just... It has to go down by one chicken for you to lose everything, not not five hundred chickens. It's it's math. You just think about what I said for about two minutes, and it'll all make sense to you. It, it basically binary. You land up doing an FNO, you might land up losing all of it, or you might land up yeah. doing 
Now, I, I love two rules. When Benny talks about investing, in he says investing is only two rules. One, don't lose money. And the second rule is don't forget rule number one. <laughs> yeah. But, but very, I mean, very well said. Sorry, I was just saying, when you look at FNO, it's binary. So you can lose a lot of money. So it's complicated, you know, unless you understand what's what you're doing. Exactly. And, and if you look just on like one last point, sorry, Manish, before we move on, is the, the origination of FNOs and, and was put options. Um, and, you know, it was actually the origination of options was put options. It was basically a way to hedge the downside. You want to you wanna create a floor for your stock. And so you keep buying put options. You keep buying this insurance. But then calls were created. People thought, instead of just hedging my downside, I want to be able to make money with little money on the upside. And so calls were created. And calls and puts were basically a, a, a small sort of premium, which is a small insurance to be able to get access to the upside and the downside. And today, right, I think I think if I'm not mistaken, a year ago, the entire call and op, call and put option market together. So calls and puts are basically you buy one call to exercise or to have access to 100 shares at this price. A very simple, dumbed down, version of what the instrument actually is but the total amount or the total notional amount was greater than the stock market now let's take a step back and understand what that means that means to say that the amount of shares or the value of the shares that these promises because these are really promises right it's a contract obviously but it's a contract in the future the amount of notion the, the notional value of these contracts should they have been exercised is greater than the actual amount of value that is there in the market so that is how far we have come in this derivative game yeah while while you're talking about that jay i'm on investopedia website which is a very resourceful website you know what it says the estimated derivatives market today is one quadrillion <laughs> That's insane. You know, some market analysts even place the size of the market at more than 10 times the world global G the world GDP, world gross domestic product. So, which means derivatives wow. purely because you have so many people taking naked positions, uh, which is a separate topic altogether, but taking taking <laughs> where you now what do you think, guys? Yeah, <laughs> but you basically would lose all your money. Uh, naked positions would basically mean you could go zero, all right? And purely because so many people enter FNO markets without much understanding of it, you have a market size, market which is 10 times the size of the world GDP. So it's it's a fantastic product. If you understand what you're doing, it's a, it's a dangerous, it's a time bomb if you're just in it yeah. for the money. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think... Um, perhaps if we could transition into the, the the same kind of, so we've spoken about complicated instruments, but maybe Manish, if we could start on complicated conglomerates, like we spoke on Amazon Reliance, like, like why, why are they complicated? Like what is, and, and how, 
obviously we know how they originated but the origination is not what you're investing in today am i right so i i'll give a reliance example on ej i'm a shareholder of reliance and uh, like any analyst report that i read on reliance doesn't actually do justice to what reliance is doing now reliance is technically 200 businesses put together okay you got reliance geo you got reliance fresh you got reliance petrochemical and petrochemical itself has you know so many things happening under it uh, you cannot have a day go by in india without using some product that has a, some product that has reliance as a raw material either the plastic or or some ingredient or some chemical uh, something has gone through the value chain created by reliance now when when a company like reliance has its it's like a octopus where it has its tentacles in 100 places it becomes really really mm-hmm. difficult to to evaluate every single part of it in, in analyst terms it's called sum of all parts all right so if you cannot break it down into different parts and analyze businesses all right you exactly don't know uh, how it will shape up i'll give you a simple example many many a times conglomerates you don't know 10 years down the line will they be making money out of what they are doing now or, or it'll be completely different business model like amazon 10 years back was making money from it was never making money actually it was not making money i shouldn't say never but it was not making enough profits because all of it was getting reinvested so 10 years back it was purely a e-commerce shopping website but today if you look at it 70% of its profits is coming from aws which is a cloud computing uh, backend for most businesses uh but 10 years back you couldn't have predicted that so conglomerate becomes very complicated to actually break down to its fundamental parts and that is why many a times when you invest in a conglomerate that's why conglomerates are traded at a discount it's called conglomerate discount worldwide they don't yes. get the value that other companies get so when you do land up investing in a conglomerate all right to a great extent the investors look at the management quality and the execution record that the management has people stick stuck around with amazon even when they did not have much profits purely because they 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 respected jeff bezos and what he was capable to do when people are investing in reliance people respect ambani for what they can do and what they've delivered with every single business of theirs i'm also a berkshire hathaway share owner which is my biggest holding today in my whole portfolio we as investors of berkshire hathaway trust the the culture that has been set up by warren buffett and charlie munger in the whole entity and that is why we invest in that company and and it's been profit amazon reliance berkshire all of them have been profitable all three have been profitable but these are complicated because they got tentacles in a lot of places and some it become difficult to project in the future what's going to happen absolutely very like i think that was very well explained and just to that point you know um you're buying a company like like amazon or apple which is one of my favorite companies not for what what they've done you know gone are the days a a, a question i ask to kind of i like to kind of see what kind of analyst i'm talking to is i would ask people you know like okay if i gave you apple to analyze how would you go about analyzing apple um and and the answer i get really speak volumes of the kind of people i'm talking to because you have people on one extreme saying 
I would predict the number of iPhones they sell based on how many iPhones they've sold in the past. Uh, but then I would come back to you and say, okay, but the number of iPhones compared to how many iPhones they're selling two years ago has actually declined. Um, so is that to say that Apple is a declining company? Um, I like to think a big source of Apple's future is is in terms of how much cloud they're selling to people. But really, the true answer lies with what you don't know um, or what you and I don't know. Um, three years ago, nobody would have thought, or not three years, and maybe I'm getting too old, but however long, maybe five years ago, nobody thought AirPods would become a thing. And now it's what? I think the top 20 businesses or like top, at least in the top 100 businesses in America, like it's huge. AirPods has surprised everyone. Exactly. And so you're buying a company, not for what you know, but for what you don't know. Um, And trusting, especially with these kind of companies, trusting that management, it's it's called a management premium. It's a you 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 just trust that that management will deliver. Because because Um, you cannot quantify. It's so difficult to quantify quality of management and call it quality execution, and that's why you pay a premium. Exactly, exactly. And uh, yeah, very well said, I think. Even Jay, just an extension of conglomerates. Now we're talking about conglomerates, which also, conglomerates is a very established entity, all right, with tentacles all over the place. That's why it becomes complicated. But even a, even an emerging entity, which is really small in its nascent state, all right, like I'll give you an example. The most complicated investments you'll ever make is by biotechnology companies. If you think that you understand what is happening in biotech and that's why you're investing in a company, uh, chances may be, you know, that you are a scientist or a doctor or or, or with a massive, uh, with extensive experience in, in, in medical. But most people, you know, when, when they invest in these companies, most of the time people are investing for outsized gains. I'll put $100, it'll become into $10,000 and... Uh, but these are complicated stuff purely because a medical, uh, a, a biotech company, if it doesn't pass a clinical trial, if it doesn't get the necessary approvals, all right, that company is gone. Technically, uh, you could lose all your money. And again, I'll just quote Warren for, again for someone listening to this podcast. The first rule of investing is don't lose money. The second rule of investing is don't forget rule number one. So even emerging yeah. technologies, uh, you really need to understand. Like, I don't invest in emerging tech companies. My, my portfolio has got a lot of technology companies, all right? But they're all established entities uh, like Facebook. I'm investing in Facebook and I'm and I'm, and I'm I'm betting on their execution of AR, VR, which is augmented reality and virtual reality, Oculus. And if Oculus lands up being a new operating system uh, and the, and the uh, last two years has seen fascinating uh, developments in it, then Facebook could only multiply from you. But it's not going to go to zero. I don't see Facebook model going to zero. So I have a tech company, but it's not a complicated, uh, as a as an emerging tech company called, you know, Solana Tech, not Solana, Solana is a cryptocurrency, but let's say called uh, Arti Tech, which is getting listed in India, something like that. So I won't pick that up because it's complicated. I don't want to get into that. That's the way I think. So emerging tech is also complicated. Conglomerates are complicated. Exactly. And 
I mean, and yeah, I think transitioning from here, I think into into what we 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 think. Now we've spoken a little bit about. So okay, Manish, are you telling us then that we shouldn't invest in anything complicated? No, we can. There are ways to do it, and uh, and we want to end the the podcast sharing with you how to how to go about these options. All right, uh, and the and the most fundamental thing I would say is when you do have these options in front of you, first and foremost is you got to keep it simple. And when I say you got to keep it simple is See, if you do understand a business, ultimately it has management, all right, which is what you pay for. Uh, it is the industry, which is what you want to be in. It is uh, the business itself, which is what you're investing into. If you have the industry which has a tailwind and you understand it, like right, Reliance, I, I'm betting on Geo also, okay, because because you want to you want to take part in Indian IT. Indian Indian internet space, you got to go through Reliance Geo. All right, that is that has a maximum coverage of of people in India using internet. So when you do land up understanding the industry, when you do understand the management, when you do understand the business a little, by all means get into it. But keep it simple. When I say you can buy into complicated things, at the same time try to simplify. If you cannot simplify it and it's just bonkers to you the technology or the structure, I would say don't dabble in it. I, I I'm a commerce exactly. graduate, CFA, uh, but I'm not a scientist. I'm not an engineer. I'm not a computer science expert. So yeah. I try to keep simple. That's what I would say. And Jay, I would I would wanna recommend this, and you will definitely relate to it because you're an analyst yourself. To a great extent, I think everyone when you're buying something, try to write down the pros and cons of it. Mm-hmm. Try. So don't just click buy. I just think you know if, if someone has to make a lot of money and also intend realizes that he has to save a lot of money, any buy decision you make, I think first you have to reason with yourself. Why should I? What are the pros? What are the cons? Like Jay and I have been discussing of a wide screen monitor now for a month, and I still not yet purchased. <laughs> <laughs> and I can purchase it today. I can purchase ten of it today. But I really need to get you know that decision firm in my mind. That what is a pro? What is a con? Why not, you know, iMac? Why a 34-inch LG monitor? And I'm still not decided. Maybe Jay and I will talk again about it after the podcast is it. But to make things simple, you got to be able to reason, and that's why yes. writing, journaling, your investment decisions, or even the investment ideas you're exploring, makes you so clearly see the thesis that that makes you buy. And if you have someone like Jay, Absolutely. a good friend to talk to. It just makes it icing on the cake. So that's what I would say. Jay, how to go about complicated stuff? No, I I I couldn't agree more. I think it's also it's just it's very important to to kind of have of. I'm not saying see you can't you can't ever know it all, um, correct? And but you still want to be part of of something, right? But I'll I'll put just another analogy, right? When you're investing in Bitcoin, uh, I've seen a lot of people uh, come to me, and and believe it or not, CFA charter holders um, who have come to me and been like, "I think this is a good time to buy Bitcoin," but thinking it's a good time to buy Bitcoin just because it has fallen to thirty three thousand dollars or whatever it is at thirty five, thirty six, 
from its highs of 65 just does not mean it'll go back to 65 um uh, the simple question i ask is do you understand why it went down to 35 if if somebody felt it's it's it can go down to 35 why couldn't you should have just shorted it then um so understand fully i i and and be be humbled you know like be be whenever you go into the talking about investments or understanding investments the, I, i always tell you know i'm it's not like i have been in this uh field for manish has but not me for longer than 3 years you know i've been in the space for 3 years 4 years one just one and a half years as an analyst but a lot of the times when i meet people and i go to you know let's say a, a house party or a family event whenever people talk about investing and investments um i i i tend to you know step back and 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 just listen to what people have to say i don't just assume that i know more um i i, I may as well do because i it's my job but i i don't end up talking unless i'm being asked to talk and secondly that i mean i think that's very important for a lot of people keep listening keep engage that curiosity keep asking what is bitcoin and and don't you know after we publish this podcast two or three of my friends have come to me and been like you know uh like why don't you talk about crypto and we will we will get to that point or do you invest in crypto they've asked me or if you do what investments do you recommend and i say and i'm very i'm happy to say and i'm humble to say that I, i listen i don't invest in crypto because i don't fully understand it um and you kind of need that i i i think you need that discipline to just be like i am not going to invest in it manish chooses to invest a little bit but i for me it's just a, i'll take a step back because i don't understand why it i i mean i do kind of understand why it got to 35 but i don't know if 35 is a good point to invest in what is the true value what is the full use what is the government regulation what is the future of this you know it's it's a great it's a sexy thesis um but it's it's something that me as a skeptic uh, is just like it it cannot be that easy um it's a very idealist world and, I, and that's not to say it's bad it's just that i i don't think i've fully understood it for me to even comment on it um and for me to even buy it myself so i think everybody should have that element of curiosity that element of skepticism um before they engage in any sort of investment that's not a simple kind of 60 40 get yourself in the market kind of investment you know so you know to actually some of what jay said all right uh, i would i i love the word humility that jay used. you you need to be humble enough to accept your ignorance uh, and yes. understand what you know what you don't know we we meet a lot of arrogant people in the world of investing where they think that they know everything and and it's full are- of arrogant people i mean you need that you need that level of especially on the sell side i mean on the selling side when you when you're selling an investment um the people who you talk to have to be arrogant and have to have that not arrogant but have that level of confidence in a, in order for them to 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 
to to feel like they they can tell you something and teach you something i mean if you not to say that that wolf of wall street in the past but the reason that there's, there's so much of drugs being used in that movie is because they need to increase that level of confidence to be able to you know talk to people and and pitch but, but pitch, at the same time there's so many people in industry who are confident but they are very uh, thoughtful about when they speak about their confidence they're like you know i have high uh uh the probability is high for the investment to give me decent returns they are never like certain i've seen the best investors they yes. never talk in terms they're always talking in in probabilities they're always talking in terms of chances yeah. uh, and they always like warren buffett every annuator has said that i may not out uh, outperform s&p i may be wrong i've done a lot of mistakes and and it's amazing to me that humility uh, yeah it's amazing to meet investors who have humility so curiosity gets you started in understanding that you're going to put your hard earned money it takes one month of if you're an employee it takes one month of you know sweat to earn that money if you're an entrepreneur then it would take you years to earn the money that you're going to save and invest it then it does deserve some time to to build a pool of knowledge in what you're investing it deserves it's like respecting money you earn and every time i've not respected money even jay has lost a lot of money every time we've not respected money you lost it i've lost a lot of money you know but today mm-hmm. i respect that's why putting thought behind it is important so curiosity builds that pool of knowledge humility builds that uh, you know a, a, a wall which you won't cross because you know what you know and what you don't know all right uh, and if you have curiosity humility uh, uh, a lot of amazing things can be done in your investing journey absolutely agree well said So so that's from us Jay any any parting advice you want to give to people for their investments in complicated instruments no it's just one one sort of line that i always i kind of um live my life on uh, is is be be stupid be curious just, you know curiosity is not stupidity don't be ashamed to know don't be ashamed to be stupid uh it's it's the one line my boss has told me very very early on um just yeah be stupid be curious and uh and also you know not i just wanted to to give a shout out just to my girlfriend it's her birthday this uh this weekend and i just wanted to say happy birthday redima so yeah we probably will come out a little late Yeah, basically did the podcast to give a shout out to you. Now I'm getting why you are so excited to get the podcast. Uh, there were a lot of things still pending. Now I understand, Nidima. There team. is, there's a lot of things. <laughs> But guys, But wishing yeah. you all fantastic uh, day ahead, evening ahead, you know. And uh, we shall be back in a week's time, and and you know, and see you soon. Yeah, have a smash See you day. See you soon, guys. You too, you too. Take care. Yeah, guys. Bye.